New Orleans and broadcasting around the world at whivfm.org. This is Health is a Human Right radio show. You thought the army was here protecting people like yourself. I have some news for you. We're here to defend wealth. I have some news for you. We're here to defend wealth. Tra la la la. Welcome everyone to today's edition of NOLA Matters here on WHIV FM, New Orleans. I am your host, AJ Strong, here with my co-host, Dr. Mark Allen Derry. Hello! And today we have our special guests from Southern Trans Masculine Alliance, or STA, as we affectionately know them on the interwebs. We have... Uh, Sir Jimmy, who is the president of STA. Hey, th- hey, Jimmy, thanks for being here. And we have Ben, who is um, the events coordinator extraordinaire. Is that your official title? I think so. Okay. Hi, everyone. We're going to go with that. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the Southern Transmasculine Alliance. Um, and then I would, as we previously discussed off air, I'd like to roll that into a fun conversation about how times have changed and what that means for us as trans people. So first of all, we should start off by saying that everyone in this room, with the exception of Mark Allen, is is uh, trans-identified, correct? Correct. Yep, that's, that's right. So an interesting fun fact, I think it's super interesting and fun, is that Mark Allen is the only cis-identified male in this room. He is the minority currently, <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> And rare. And sometimes. rare. Yeah, most of the time rare. Um, I just wanted to point that out. I think that that's pretty great to me that says that times are a-changing. All right, so, Jimmy, I know you from CrossFit. Yep. We work, well, we used to work out together at Flambeau CrossFit. Shout out to Coach Dylan. Um, hey, Dylan. Hello. I had to um, stop doing that because it was bad for my shoulder that I broke. I broke my shoulder. Not doing CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I broke it previously. Common misconception. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and my surgeon advised me to not work out that hard. Um, but you still go there. I see pictures of you crushing it all the time. I'm, I'm there every now and then. Yeah. You know. So that's how we met. I know Ben just, I think, peripherally. Peripherally. Is that the word? Per- per- peripheral, peripherally. Peripherally. Whatever that word is that I'm trying to say, (laughs) that's how I know. Proliferatively. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because we're part of the same community. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to know how the two of y'all know each other. How did you two meet? So I met Ben through Dylan. Okay. And then through Ted. So through other community. Okay. Is when, is when I, how I met Ben. Mm -hmm. I remember meeting you, hearing about you through Ben. Arthur Dillon, and then meeting you at Jazz Fest. Okay, cool. So just another community connection. Yeah. Which is great. I like to hear that. That, that to me, says that um, community building is as important as I think and feel that it is. It's yeah. how we find each other, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Find common ground. All right, so tell me, um, Jimmy, you want to just give, like, a really quick... The elevator speech. Yeah, give me. Okay. Well, just give me a quick um, background about yourself personally. Okay. You don't have to go all the way back to like your birth certificate if you don't want to, <laughs> okay. but give me a little background about yourself and then how STA was formed. Okay, uh, so I'm from Louisiana in general. I grew up in Baton Rouge, uh, went to private school, went to an all girls school, which definitely like formulated a large part of who I am. Okay. I was in a space where it was gendered for just women so there wasn't 
men around, so I didn't have a idea of what a man could look like or what a man like should be, right? In quotes, um, air quotes rather. Uh, moved to New Orleans once I graduated, go to college, and then went to college for a couple of years. Realized that uh, I was part of the at least you know gay community. I identified as lesbian, and then a couple of years later realized that it wasn't it wasn't everything that. I was, and I definitely was a different person. So I transitioned in 2014 is when I started my transition. And once I realized that there wasn't, I wanted to find other people like me, you know, and I saw Dylan transition and my friend Ted transitioned, and I just wanted to find more people like me. And also it was really important to me that I gave back to other people, and I wanted to be who I was and be who I needed when I was younger, because I didn't have a lot of resources. I had, you know, each other, other people in the community transitioning with each other who helped us. Mm-hmm. So You're in New Orleans, you mean? Yeah, in New Orleans, yeah. So in New Orleans, there wasn't really, there was a Louisiana Trans Advocates, and that was kind of it, besides PFLAG for support groups. And I just wanted to find other people like me to be able to provide a space for them so they could see what being a trans masculine person could be, but also most importantly, so they could find out what that meant for them, but also to really talk about like how toxic masculinity happens and to like get, to get away from that too. Cause that can happen really quickly when you're caught up in this like race of who's the best trans person and what that can look like, especially with social media right now. Right. Totally. Like the, the hierarchy of, of transness and in particular masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. That's you bring up a very good point that I think a lot of people who are listening who don't identify as queer or trans probably don't even think about. And that is that um, the same a lot of similar social structures that exist for cisgendered people also exist inside the trans community amongst ourselves. And toxic masculinity is no exception to that. So is it safe to say that? um Southern Trans Masculine Alliance was sort of for you kind of born out of necessity. Yeah, it was definitely born out of necessity of finding other people like me uh so I could figure out other things that I wanted from mm-hmm. like my transition and also really to if I really important to give back what I had gotten from so many other people. Uh, you know, transitioning is it can be a lot. It can be emotionally a lot. And when I finally had the extra emotional space to be able to provide that for other people and to meet other people who are like, how do I start my hormones? How do I change my name? Like, I want to have surgery or I don't want to have surgery. Like, is that all right? You know, and like really be able to find other people who don't emotionally have the time to give back to each other. But I have that time now and I have that space now and I want to be able to provide that for other people. Okay, that's great. Ben, what about you? Where are you from? What's you all about? How did you become the event coordinator extraordinaire for STA. I am born and raised uh, on the West Bank, and I um, also went to an all-girls school for high school um, that no longer exists. Is that ju- is that a Southern thing? What is that? Catholic. It's, ca- yeah. it's a Catholic school. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, okay. Um, <laughs> so like James, I did not have, uh, I did come to terms with being lesbian um, my freshman year. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I was identified as female and I liked women, so that meant I was a lesbian. That's the term we use, right? So um, I, uh, right after high school, I started performing with the New Orleans Carnival Kings as a drag king um, at the Bourbon Pub and Parade. I did that uh, probably from 18 to 22-ish. Um, you know, in hindsight, it makes perfect sense now why this... I, I didn't really have a performance background. I did dance as a child, but I wasn't like a performer. Uh, much of a performer at, you know, in my teen years and adolescence and stuff. So um, I went to a drag king show shortly after graduating high school. And I was like, I, I can do that. And I talked to the coordinator at the time um, and went to audition and started. So every Tuesday almost um, I was there for uh, what was known as Dyke Night. Uh, it was mm-hmm. Bourbon Pub and Parade is mostly uh, gay male um, but on Tuesdays, that's when all the lesbians came out <laughs> right, for these right. shows. So um, I did that for a bit, and then I ended up joining the Navy. I served in the Navy for five years, 
and moved back in moved back here in April of uh, 2017, which I met James that year at Jazz Fest, as he said. Um, and I had sort of come to terms with my transition. I knew, or I didn't really know that I was trans. I just kind of I knew I wanted top surgery, um, but I, I until you know it progressed right. Um, a lot of people don't know. Like we don't know everything we want. We think, oh, I only want this one thing. And then you realize, well, maybe it is this that I want. And, you know, not everyone has the same experience. Um, so that's really important. And, um, yeah, I attended a talk by Chris Mosier, who is a trans athlete who does a lot of work for promoting um, acceptance of trans athletes. Um, I, he had did a talk at Tulane. It was James actually told me about it. Um, I attended it. And that's really when it kind of hit for me that uh, Chris was also a little older when he began his transition. I'm, I just turned 30, so I started my right, right as I was about to turn 29, I started my transition uh, socially. And um, by socially, I mean I started using um, Ben as my name and going by male pronouns. Um, also, probably fun fact, I guess, or not fun fact, but uh, my pronouns, I choose he or they. Um, basically non-feminine pronouns sure. for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just sat there and I, my mom came with me because um, I had, I didn't just blindly bring her to this talk. I, uh, she knew what was going on and uh, I cried at that talk because I identified so much with it and it made me feel so um, valid um, that, wow, this, I, it's, it's not too late for me to live my life to my fullest um, and authentically be myself. Um, so yeah, now I, um, when I moved back, I started going to UNO for grad school. I've recently graduated. Um, and now I'm helping James with the group by planning some events. Um, we do have the monthly support group, um, that takes place, but then we also try to have little hangouts or events where we can gather. And those events are open to, um, those who identify as transmasculine, but also, um, family, friends, and allies. Right. Yeah, and I see those pop up on social media. Um, for anybody who's looking for that, can you tell people what the handles are for Instagram and how they find you on? Yeah, so our Instagram is uh, public. It's STA underscore NOLA, N-O-L-A. Um, so one more time, STA underscore NOLA, N-O-L-A. Um, it's public. Uh, the reason why I say that is all of the folks that are on there know that their pictures have been posted to the internet. Um, so New Orleans is small. If you do see them, um, I would appreciate it if you didn't run up to them and be like, Hey, you're that trans person that I saw from the Instagrams. Mm -hmm. Um, you can DM us for more information about like just resources in general, uh, whether it's our support group or other support groups. I really firmly believe that, um, our group is a complement to the resources in the area. People are not resources that are meant to be fought over, um, and like fought over by, any organization so if you had any other information or you're concerned or had questions you can always dm us we do have an email address as well it's nola meet greet at gmail.com that's n-o-l-a-m-e-e-t-g-r-e-e-t at gmail.com okay are y'all on facebook as well we are so uh the way to access the Facebook group is you have to find one of us through Facebook okay. because it's a closed so group. It's a closed group. Okay. Yeah. Um, part of that is like, I like what Ben said about transitioning socially, how uh, when you started using Ben and he, him, and like, I forget sometimes to mention that because like, that's a thing that, you know, as trans folks and non-binary folks too, like they know that exists, but folks who haven't had that experience don't know that and like, don't know that there are some folks who remember or know that this person is trans and this is what I call them when I see them and there are some, and, but in other spaces they might go by something different. So, right. Um, I think, and to confirm that maybe with that person, if they have confided in you to express, um, their trans identity to confirm any, we know that they're not fully out to confirm, well, Hey, I know you're going by this name now, but I know you're not out in this space. What, how, how should I address you in these spaces? And do you prefer that I address you differently in different spaces? Um, really communi communicating is, I mean, it isn't anything. It's so important. Right. So inside of the, the inside of your group, inside of the organization, are these things that y'all are addressing and talking about what, what's going on inside of like your body of work within the organization aside from, um, 
making fun hangouts for people. What sort so what sort of work are you doing with the people that are in it? So we meet the first Sunday of every month. Um, anyone can come. They don't have to come to every meeting. We've had some folks come to one, come to three in a row, and then leave. Um, uh, anyone self-identified? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyone okay. self-identified as a trans-masculine person can, can you come to our meetings. Can you very briefly, um, for people who may not know, can you sort of define what trans-masculine is to you maybe by definition and then maybe also just for you personally because yeah. i feel like that's something that maybe has a d- different degrees right um so the gender is not a binary right it's a spectrum so like trans 101 stuff right so trans masculine means as a trans person you don't identify with the gender or biological gender that you were given air quotes if you were, if, if you, you happen to be assigned female, female yeah, at birth. right, yeah. Okay. So AFAB, you'll hear AFAB. So assigned female at birth. So I was assigned female at birth, but I don't identify as a female person or on the spectrum of close to being female. So for me, it's a very strong masculine presence. I prefer he him. I like he him. They them is fine, but I of the two, I I use he him. Mm-hmm. So any trans masculine person, any person who is assigned female at birth, but identifies as a man or as a male person or presence Mm -hmm. you can be on any like any part in your transition you don't have to change your name you don't have to have been on hormones you can want to start them you can want to have gender affirming surgery you can't you don't have to have that Mm -hmm. so that's where the the self-identified part of that comes in Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, for me i know and i think it may be for you a little bit more of the um I'm not speaking for you, but from what I'm hearing, yeah. it's more of a male, like not binary, but kind of maybe for you, is it more of a binary yeah. in that sense? Okay. Yeah. And so whereas for me, um, transmasculine, also assigned female at birth, I, um, it was, you know, initially you're trying to establish this new, well, it's not new. It's been your identity your whole life, but you're, you know, presenting yourself to everyone as you wish to be seen and as you see yourself inside. So I think uh, initially when I came out, it was like, yeah, male, he, very stern on that. And as I, as my transition has evolved, um, I've realized that maybe I not so, maybe I'm not so against these, some of these feminine traits that I, I just like rejected them to like establish this macho, you know, masculine thing. Um, but for me, it's more of a, I'm, I would say I'm sort of like gender nonconforming, um, but I mm-hmm. still more masculine um, than feminine. Yeah, so, so like, I think it's, so we are not like, we're not here to police anyone's yeah, sure, identity. Sure. Um, I think, yeah, if someone tells me, it's like the question, well, who's trans and whoever says they are. Yeah. Um, right. That, and that, that's sure there's dictionary terms. Right. But I think most of it, most of it is the assigned female at birth or uh, another way that you may see it for a trans male. Uh, trans male, FTM, um, female, that female to male, those are all kind of interchangeable. Yeah. So southern, I mean, uh, so trans masculine kind of goes along that. Right. So basically, people who would be seeking out this group, they kind of are already, hopefully, maybe familiar with a lot of this terminology, and they're seeking out like-minded individuals. Yeah. Um, as a cis person, you might not stumble across this and be and think, "Oh, this is for me." Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and sort of, I mean, I like how you said like-minded, but also kind of like-bodied. I think that's what's really yeah. important is to know that there's someone else there who, you know, you can, other people, you feel like this, oh, what the heck, you know, you're, this doesn't match this, or, you know, yeah. what's in your pants doesn't match how you're presenting, and that's not important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the know. space to be with other so, people, yeah. connect, and not have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because you're kind of worrying about that in every other space. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. All the time. It's like and we talk about that often in groups. So like with your question of like, what do we do and kind of what work do we do? A lot of it is like just talking about our existence with each other mm-hmm. and how they're all similar, but they're all different and mm-hmm. how like complicated that is. And like it's, you know, we uh we were talking one day, a group of us about just how like we'll be in the same area of like a particular part of new Orleans and two folks didn't know the other two existed in the same like small microcosm. Mm -hmm. And maybe those two people meeting each other made that small microcosm where they were like, 
minorities and didn't know other people like them existed or could find each other because of this invisible queer passing privilege. Mm-hmm. Now they know this that they both exist in this microcosm and maybe that microcosm is like a little bit easier to bear and a little bit easier to know like, okay, well I know this other person like me is walking around and maybe I can find them if I need them like right now. Yeah. I like that what what you said about um you know, there there are so many things that you have in common and then there are so many other factors that are different. I think it's important for our listeners to know that there are as many trans experiences as there are cisgendered experiences yeah. or non-trans experiences because we're humans and humans are complicated, right? Um, yeah, and on that note, if you don't mind, uh, I think yeah. cisgender, I know sometimes when we say that, some people are like, they think it's a derogatory word or like a, a negative connotation to it, right? And it's like, no, it's just, uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, cisgender is someone who identifies with the the gender um, or sex that they were assigned at birth. Um, right, yeah, the uh, the... T- the the beginning of the word cis, it's spelled C-I-S, and it uh, comes from a word whose, uh, I think, original meaning means on the side of. I don't know if that helps people sort of visualize that. I think of, like, offense. <laughs> so, like, if you happen to be born on the side of the fence that you were assigned, then you would be cis, right? <laughs> and if not, then you would have to cross over to cross the other the side yeah. yeah or maybe land somewhere in the middle i don't know yeah, yeah. sit yeah. on the fence i don't know right <laughs> yeah let me um take just a quick second here to um address people if you just tuned in you are listening to 102.3 whivlp we are community uh excuse me community radio dedicated to human rights and social justice you can find us on the web at whivfm.org we honor independent voices and all wars Yes, please add. So, uh, as as usual, uh, this is Mark Allendary, and uh, thank you for letting me jump in the conversation. Uh, according um, to the uh, Wikipedia's, mm. cisgender has its origin in the Latin-derived prefix cis, which means on the side of, Ooh. which means the opposite of trans, meaning across from or on the other side of. So uh, you, you nailed it right right on the... Um, I, I remember the first time I heard somebody describe me as cisgendered, and I immediately um, realized how it was a form of privilege to not have cis in front of... It just meant that that was, quote-unquote, the norm, and there shouldn't be a, quote-unquote, norm, right? Like, like y'all said, that this is... Uh, um, it, we shouldn't be thinking of gender on the binary, and... I um, just kind of wanted to say that for people who feel that this is an offensive term to describe cisgender, I, I, I think that, that, that they're just not understanding the, their own privilege. And, and now I explicitly describe myself as cisgendered so as to recognize that, there, that the idea of, of gender is binary or, or is not binary, is fluid rather, mm-hmm. uh, and is on the spectrum, and I just happen to be cisgendered male so anyway i just wanted to throw that in there yeah that's that's an interesting point because um i think you know how often mark allen do you have to come out as cisgendered right it's not very often yeah right i mean because we live in a world sure yeah yeah but we you know ideally we would live in a world that that is changing as you started this conversation right yeah, that's right. Mark Allen is the minority. And it feels pretty good. Uh, and which is why we started WHIV, right? That was the whole purpose of starting the radio station was for something like that. Um, it, one is to have these very sophisticated conversations that you guys are having. Um, and then also, more importantly, uh, is, is to allow voices that don't traditionally uh, are, are often not aired uh, to have conversations that are are very sophisticated, uh, uh, like y'all are having. So anyway, thank you. I, I won't interrupt again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I, all joking aside, I do value your opinion, Mark Allen. If nothing, uh, because the fact that you're a doctor. Okay, so. <laughs> Sorry. Just kidding. Sort of. All right, so tell me, let's shift gears here. I want to go backwards, just a tiny little bit. So tell me if someone came across, uh, what's the website? 
It's S S T A Nola dot org. Okay, S T A Nola dot org. If someone were to come across your website, what would they find? So right now, what we have on the website is uh, two tabs. Um, one is voices from our community. So it's really important to me that um, people who are from our community and from this group have a s- chance to be seen and heard. You know. Um, I often I try and tell members all the time and people that come in a group all the time that like you're the reason this group exists. If it wasn't y'all here, I would just be sitting in the room with my therapist and that's <laughs> awful. Uh, I don't do that enough and I don't want to do it any more than necessary. Yep. Um, so right now you'd see voices from our communities and um, what it has is their name, their pronouns, and it explicitly says like, you know, if you reshare this, use their correct pronouns and use their name and like these are opinions and things that matter to them. Mm-hmm. Um, on our first page, you would see kind of shout outs of like what's going on with some of our members and things that they've done. Um, you'll also see some pictures from our camping trip in November. So mm-hmm. we try and do an annual camping trip. We went uh, second year this year. So next year will be third year. This was the first annual camping trip. This was our second annual hike. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> this is why Ben's the events coordinator. I'm just the person that, you know, makes people feel good with words and stuff. Ben does that too, but he's my <laughs> details person. He helps me with all that. Um, so so with the voices from our members, these are people who have essentially um, volunteered their visibility. Yes. And they're out there representing so yes. that they can be found. Yes. And other trans and trans masculine and identified people can maybe see them and think, oh, I... They're just like me. Yes. And not maybe not feel so alone or yeah. alienated. Yeah. I think that's that's definitely one point I want to talk about in tying it into how things have changed because um I'm just thinking about um I don't know how old y'all are now. You're in your thirties, are you? Both of you? I'll be twenty nine Twenty nine. Twenty thirty. Okay. So I'm about I'm about to turn forty in two months and I'm telling you, it's just, I hate to sound like my mom in this situation, but when I was your age, <laughs> 10 years ago, when I was 30, um, this stuff just what wasn't existing. It just wasn't around. And yeah. if, if I felt like I wanted to start it, I would have been, I feel I would have been sitting alone in a room by myself. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, while at times it feels, especially with the political climate it it feels like we've taken so many steps backwards and in some respects we have i think it's important to recognize just how much things have changed i think um i started socially transitioning in 2007 and back then um it feels like such a long time ago Mm -hmm. i was people were confused You know, they were kind of pulling me aside and saying, like, okay, so you want me to call you he now or like why? You know, and I was was like trying to have those conversations, whereas now I feel like you can say, especially in an era, a major metropolitan area where we live in a city like New Orleans, Mm -hmm. you can say, um, I prefer he, him pronouns. And if someone were to ask why, you could very well say, uh, because I'm a trans man. And they, they chances are they might know what you're talking about. Um, so I, that's just one, you know, one thing I think about. Another thing is, you know, then when I started medically transitioning in 2013, there were still so many, many hoops to jump through. And from that, from 2013 to, you know, come, come up on the end of 2018, just in that five years, so many things changed in the medical industry. You know, when I went to get my letter, you know, the coveted letter that you need from your therapist, I was told I would have to see him for six months to a year. And I did that and I got my letter and then I was told I needed to get a second letter. And so this was to start hormone therapy for for listeners who don't know what I'm talking about five six years ago when you were coming out as trans and you wanted to start the hormone therapy process 
you had to see a licensed therapist for six months to a year who would then write you a letter saying that you were diagnosed with gender identity disorder and the treatment was then hormone therapy. So that's actually on my medical records that I have gender yeah. identity disorder. Is that on yeah. y'all's too? Did they do that I, to you? I think it's on mine mm-hmm. because of the way my insurance shakes out sure. and that I see an endocrinologist. Yeah. What about you, Ben? They do that to you? I don't know how it's worded. I do yeah. know I was a little, uh, I did happen to look over on the screen at an appointment one day and saw, um, this was, I'd say within the last six months or so, um, instead of it saying something like reason for visit, it said problem. And underneath it said transgender. Um, oh, whoa. So that's obviously, not, I mean, that, now that could have, if, you know, someone was going in with the sniffles. That's their problem, right? But just that wording was really, I was like, oh, uh, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had an instance where I happened to look over at the screen. I was at the doctor for a completely unrelated issue. I was getting my my neck checked out because my neck was freaking out. And um, I happened to look over at the screen when she opened it. And in giant, bold letters, (laughs) the very first thing said gender identity disorder. And then the doctor turned to me and said, gender identity disorder, what is that? And I had to sit and try to fumble through that conversation and explain to the doctor what that meant. (laughs) It was before we could even get on to why I was actually there. Very bizarre. I'm I'm sure those things are still happening, but I feel like they're happening less frequently because progress has been made and the reason why is because people like y'all are out there doing the work making our presence known which ties back into what i was saying about the the part on your website of people being visible and how important visibility is well it's important to me too and i talk with ben I, i try to talk with ben a lot about it and i try to talk with our other members about it that like not just like uh trans visibility is important and like white trans masculine visibility is important but like how privileged that is and how privileged like i am i know y'all cannot see me but everyone in the room can so no one can know no one knows unless i tell them that i'm a trans person so it's like extremely safe i'm this white guy which like everybody quote everybody wants to be right so it's really important that like when we talk about privilege and we talk about like raising people's voices up that we talk about like trans people of color and all the people and the reason why we're here and the reason why that's it that is because trans people of color and people of color in general already don't have a voice and when they do it's already an expected like here's your expectation of what that should look like so it's really important to me and i hope in the new year that we can like try and have those conversations and have those conversations about race and like what that means and what our responsibility as like white trans men is and what we can do with other like white men whether it's cis men or whether it is other trans men, but like really having that conversation of like, yeah, what visibility is and what that means for whoever that person is. Sure. So yeah, recognizing uh, the places where we all intersect um, in terms of um, gender identity, um, race, religion, all the privileges that come along with um, each of these things. Jimmy, you're saying you're a white passing dude and that gives you a ton of privilege i wouldn't necessarily say that being a white man is something that everyone wants to be be. (laughs) but i would think i would i can say with 100 percent certainty that being a white male you know cis passing i mean you you do very much look like uh your your standard (laughs) dude albeit strikingly handsome but Um, those are the people in our society who benefit the most and have the most privilege hands down and it's, uh, unearned privilege and a lot of times not even recognized as, as privilege. So thanks for pointing that out. Um, okay. So every time I do these shows, there are like so many different talking points that we can just veer off on. So I'm trying to like keep reining it back (laughs) to your organization. So Benny, I want to talk to you a bit about, um, some of the events that you've done in the past and what you have on the horizon for, for STA. Um, so I've been involved with the group for, I guess, about a little over a year now, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, or maybe I've started helping with the events with another, 
mostly last year. I remember the beginning of last year, we kind of set a tentative schedule and stuck to it pretty much. We shoot to have yeah, an event we- at least once a month. Um, so some events, um, I did not organize this, but last January there was a top surgery teach-in, um, which, um, had people there to, uh, of the community. Um, there was, um, a nurse there as well as, uh, someone to do some stuff about, I'm leaving their names out just in case they don't want to be mentioned. I'm not trying to not recognize them, but I also want to respect their privacy. Right. Right. But, um, yeah, there was a nurse there to talk about like before and after care, um, you already mentioned Dylan, so I'll say he did a piece on um, fitness, mm-hmm. you know, kind of working up to the surgery and then after. Um, there was someone else who did stuff about financial fitness. How do you fund it? How do I say, what, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, I did not plan that, but that was a really good, um, and then talked about like different doctors, either locally and um, in other states. Um, we did, um, we went to City Putt one day. Um, we did the camping. Well, last year we did a hike at Fountain Blue. And then this, well, that was the previous previous year. year well, I guess I've been doing this for a, a, yeah, a little over a year a now. Over a year and a half. So, um, we did a little hike, kind of nature day. It happened to fall on like National Hiking Day or that weekend, so mm-hmm. it worked out. Um, and we this year we went to Mimosa Landing in Mississippi, Foxworth, Mississippi, yeah, somewhere in Mississippi, something like that. Y'all are brave. And yeah. also uh, went to um, there's a place there called Red Bluff that kind of looks like a mini Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, so we spent the night at Mimosa Landing and then um, we we can't even say we went camping. It was glamping. Uh, there were some amenities in the cabin that we did not know were going to be there. So um, <laughs> it was delightful. Yeah. It was a it bathroom. Was, it was great. Um, but, but yeah, it's definitely not camping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we also did uh, Celebration in the Oaks. We got a group together for that. And what was the other one that had a big... T- oh, we did a game night at oh, Tubby yeah. and Coos on Carrollton. Okay. Um, they have board games up there that you can like either get a membership to, but they were kind enough to host us, let us host an event yeah. there. They're so super after, great. Yeah. After hours there, we um, had yeah. some guys come over. And then, you know, it's cool that being galleries there, we can grab coffee and kind of just chill. Um, so we this so far this year... Um, We've already had a coffee meetup after we had a support group meeting. And then the week sometime during last week, we all met up at Rook Cafe just to kind of hang out. Um, not all like whoever decided to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thursday, I will be leading a um, vision board mm-hmm. workshop. Um, it's the beginning of the year. People are kind of thinking of these goals are how do we make them happen? Mm-hmm. Um Moving forward, also, we were talking about maybe kayaking. Yeah. Kayaking. Um, we do want to get involved with community events yeah. more. Both Ch- James and I, and I know several other guys in the group, are community-minded and like want to give back to other communities rather than not just the trans community because, of course, we want to do that. Yeah. But um, So getting involved, trying to think of some volunteer events that maybe we can get people involved in. Yeah. Um, it's really important that I say many hands that make the load lighter. And like earlier, I referenced like being able to be the person you needed when you were younger and give back when you can. One of the things that we did too is for the game night, uh, we raised donations to try and donate towards Louisiana books to prisoners. Mm-hmm. So we bought a couple books, and what they are is they're at a, I think they're a nonprofit who um, organizes books and sends them and packages them to people who are incarcerated. And for those folks who don't know, like it's difficult to get books and things inside to people who are incarcerated there's all of these rules Mm -hmm. and they have to be all these things so they make it very easy for folks to get books but also what you can do is you can you can request books through them so people are incarcerated can send them letters and be like hey i'd like a copy of this and they'll blast it so ben is always really supportive and i'm like hey let's do this thing too on top of this event i really want to raise donations for this thing he's like great let's let's make it happen and i appreciate that a lot yeah, that's great. I mean, as much crossover as you can get in the community, getting people involved, helping you guys out, and then you helping other people out, I think that's wonderful. Um, I'm going to take a quick break to do another station tag. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to 102.3 WHIVLP. We are community radio dedicated to human rights and social justice. Just as a friendly reminder that if you like what you hear on this radio station and you'd like us to continue broadcasting, you can show your support by becoming a member. Signing up is easy and membership levels are flexible. Go to whivfm.org and click on the donate button. That's whivfm.org and click donate. And we thank you very much for your support. I am in the studio today on NOLA Matters with James and Ben 
They are president and event coordinator of Southern Trans Masculine Alliance, or STA. Um, do y'all partner up with LTA? Are you affiliated? How? What's the association there? So we're a chapter of them. So what okay. that means is we have Jesse who mm-hmm. is on our, um, he's on the Instagram page and that's the only reason why I'm using his name and stuff. Um, he's our representative board member. So he goes to the board meetings and does the work for the LTA be- and is there for the LTA board meetings mm-hmm. to find out what they're doing. So what LTA is there, Louisiana Trans Advocates, they also have chapter meetings all over the state and that's a 100% volunteer run organization. So okay. no, no one is paid to do any of the work. They're a registered nonprofit. So we're a chapter of them. Do so you know how many chapters they have statewide? I think they have at least 12, maybe 13 okay. or 14. Maybe we'll have to get them on sometime too. I know there's one in Shreveport, definitely do that. Lake Charles, one in Baton Rouge. There's uh, three different Lafayette. support meetings that happen in our area, the New Orleans area. There's one in Lafayette. I think there's one in Hammond. I think there's one in Homa. And they have information on their website, too. Okay. Yeah. Would you happen to know what that site is? I believe it's louisianatransadvocates.org. Okay. Or if you Google Louisiana Trans Advocates, it'll it'll populate. Okay. Yeah. And they also have a Facebook group. I think that's a private group, though. Is that right? LTA? Yeah. Um, or is it public? Maybe they have... I don't know. They have I th- two? I think... Th- I know they have a page that like you can like, and then they also have a group that um, is... Close. is searchable so you can like go add yourself but Mm -hmm. someone approves you to be in yeah well i think you know the beautiful thing about where we are in this technological age is that you can pretty much find anything you want to find with a very quick google search so if you're listening out there make sure that you google southern trans masculine alliance make sure that you google louisiana trans advocate is that correct? Advocates. Advocates. And you should be able to find these groups online if this if you're seeking out um, connection and support with other uh, trans-identified individuals. Um, are you all looking for volunteers? Do you have other positions that are open? Are you trying to expand? What, what's in the future of Southern Trans Masculine Alliance? James is always looking for ways to expand. Um mm-hmm. I'm all, I, that's true. So I'm always looking for. Uh, do you have new... Do you have an office? Uh, yeah, sure. It's a it's, Nissan Sentra. Yeah. <laughs> what do you drive? You drive a Jeep, and I drive a, Jeep, a Versa. A Jeep. So that's, right. Versa. that's it. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a, a mobile office. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a desk in my house that some work gets done at. <laughs> there's a laptop. I sent some yeah. emails out last night. Okay. Late last night. Great. So. Um, um. I would say, I mean, it's open to, like, I think events, like, we don't have a tentative calendar this year because we, we're hoping to kind of get more people involved to kind of, yeah. I'm happy to help and assist, like, create an event, but we want to kind of get other give other people a chance. What what do you want to do? And we've we've done a poll. We did a poll last year. So, yeah, we're all, for people in the, uh, you know, the transmasculine community who are want to, if they want to join in and help out, of course. Um, I'm not trying to steal the mic here. No, no, you're good. I'm going to have my This is a mic, collaborative but. community. <laughs> Association building is what this uh, is. It's going lovely. I think if there are folks who have like certain skill sets um, and have the capacity and the desire to give a free class because a lot of the trans folks don't have great jobs if they have a job. Because like being out in trans and being trans in workplace is like really complicated. Um, so if there are anybody, if there's anybody that has like the capacity to give a free class about something that they do and they feel passionate about it. Um, you can always reach out to us. We're not limited to, we're limited to the only things that we can do and what we dream up and stuff. So now also is relevant too to like what's on the future and like safety sort of, cause I remember we were talking about how we went to Mississippi and you're like, you're really, you're really brave. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was going to circle back to that because I think it's a good it's a good talking point. Um, you want me to put a pin in it? Do you want me to go over it later? No, let's do okay, it. Okay, let's, let's do it right it. now. We only got a couple more minutes. Okay, well, oh, yeah, I'll try and make it short <laughs> then. Um, me and Ben talked about it, and I was like, I've never been to this place. It could be bad. Like, what happens, you know? And <laughs> what are we going to do if it's bad? And, you know, I was talking to him again another day, and I was like, I think a lot of times 
as trans people, because we are concerned about safety, because that is a real thing. I, you know, I still get anxiety when I go to the bathroom. It doesn't matter where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you know, I'm tired of, and this is what I said a long time ago when I first started for my transition. I'm tired of sacrificing my own happiness and my own potential happiness and what I can do and could do for this fear of like safety, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it is, you know, weird and maybe like let's go to mississippi or let's go to alabama one day and be exist as these trans people but like it's important it's a kind of like a strength in numbers mentality like you would never go to the backwoods of mississippi by yourself but with a bunch of people you feel like it's doable is um, that kind of yes and then i also think i mean i guess it depends on unfortunately um some people pass easier than yeah. others and so maybe some person you know like james said doesn't and even myself you know like a lot of times people don't really know um and so but there are you know like passing is everyone doesn't granted that that same i guess i don't know how i'm trying to word yeah. this but so like i different. think i mean maybe you would feel safe going by yourself like maybe you'd still have anxiety but like knowing that other people still wouldn't really know. But I think the bathroom is where it really gets for me. Like I'm okay. Like walking around anywhere. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to having to use a bathroom, it's really important to me to know where mm-hmm. I can find a restroom in the city or yeah. Yeah. Um, that definitely gives me comfort. And I definitely, think, yeah. Strength in number. Sometimes it's not uncommon for, if we're at a place, one of us will go to the bathroom. Like, Oh, Hey, did you go to the bathroom yet? What, what, what kind of bathroom? Yeah, what, what was yeah. it like? What was it, like? <laughs> yeah. was it stalls or, or is it single? I mean, is there a door? <laughs> yeah. Is there a door? Yeah. And, and then so we kind of use a buddy system like if it's not or yeah. maybe we'll go together yeah um it was actually we were out somewhere and three of us ended up in the bathroom chatting i remember that yeah. and then another person another trans identified <laughs> person walks into the men's room and they're like what is what are y'all doing we're just hanging out in the men's room chatting yeah about because it. don't you remember doing that in the women's room right, yeah exactly. i mean that's yeah, yeah. I mean, I was told one of the first things I was told when I transitioned and I started using the men's room and I asked a buddy of mine, like, what is the norm? It's weird in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I feel like if I look at someone, it's going to be trouble. And he yeah. was like, yeah, don't look at anybody. <laughs> Do I not s- make eye contact. Some days I look swear, at your shoes. I swear that's the thing that's going <laughs> to out me. Like when I go to the bathroom and there's You're all like, these hey, dudes what's up? like holding yeah. their drink, whether they're in a bar or not, like holding their drink while they pee. And I'm like, Ooh, that's so gross. And I'm like, I'm just going to wait for the stall. And people are like, you sure? And I'm like, no, let's go out. Yeah. I'll wait. I'm like, they're going to know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're going to know. You're constantly walking around. See, okay, we have just a few minutes, but since we're having this more of a lighthearted conversation about it. So when we're talking about passing for people that don't know, we're talking about moving through the world as trans people living as our preferred gender our preferred identity and no one is questioning that so for jimmy nobody's gonna question you no you're like like borderlining on like lumberjack like like (laughs) never traps there's no borderline there (laughs) (laughs) except he's not wearing flannel yeah well yeah modern lumberjack (laughs) ben you're saying that people maybe sometimes don't know are you saying you sometimes pass sometimes you don't I, I guess, uh, and not so much myself, but also, um, I also, I guess, exhibit more, I mean, I, you can't see this, my hair is a little longer, it's tied back, mm-hmm. um, I recently started wearing earrings again, that's something I ditched for a long time, and yeah. when I say recently, within like the last week, I started wearing earrings again, because I felt, not that I was masculine, but that I was comfortable enough with being this, having these, I guess some people associate it as feminine, right? But, totally. Um... Yeah, I, I will. People probably think I'm a gay man sometimes. Some I, like, that's what I, I was going to I didn't want to. I didn't want to put that there if it wasn't there. But that happens to me a lot. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if that's what happens to you. Because um, people don't mistake me for being female. I mean, you can't see me, but I have a beard right yeah, now. Very nice <laughs> beard. That I'm very proud of. Um, <laughs> so nobody's mistaking me as female. Um, but they definitely assume that I'm gay man because I have more effeminate mannerisms that mm-hmm. I just can't shake. Yeah. No matter how hard I try. And I've stopped trying because I don't really care now. And I'm I'm in a place in my life now, again, approaching forty, you just you care less and less what people think. Yeah, I'm I've told someone else recently, I've I mean this 
sort of relevant and irrelevant at the same time. But I, I haven't had any surgeries yet. Um, but for me, it's like I've I kind of got to a place where I'm just comfortable. Of course, that's something that I personally want. But for me, I just had to get myself to being okay with where I am now. Because other than that, I was just going to continue to be. I was going to be miserable. I think. Um, so yeah. yeah, some people just as. Maybe it's like earlier in my transition, I didn't pass. And so I get misgendered, get called she a lot or um, stuff like that. And so I don't remember what the question was, but we were just kind of going <laughs> off on an end of the show <laughs> tangent here. I remember you said earlier about like 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, I didn't know what a trans person was. And the only time I saw or heard about a trans person, maybe it was about 14 years ago. It was whenever Oprah had like throwing it back. When Oprah had Matt Beatty, wasn't his name? I, the yeah, guy who the the had the the dude there was, was a pregnant. terrible headline. I'm not even gonna guesstimate what it was, but it was yeah, it was this like first trans man who was pregnant and like oh. mm-hmm. no one said the word trans. There he was on so many interviews, but nobody was like, This is what he is. It was just this like surprise, this guy's pregnant and like no one talked about it at all and it was just like it was that I remember that. That I think is my first experience with like what a trans person is and who that could be and everything, what they could look like. But uh, it's definitely different now. I know you're wanting to talk about like current versus then and like. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. acknowledging that things have changed quite a bit. And in, I mean, a decade is, in, on one hand, it's 10 years. It's a long time. Also, it, it goes by very fast and things have changed a lot inside of the last decade. Yep. Things have changed a lot in the last few years even. Yep. Um, well, you know what? I feel like we could sit and talk about this mm-hmm. all day. <laughs> we probably could, don't yeah, you think? I think so. Um, well, maybe we're going to have to piggyback on this episode and, um, get together again and talk about some more trans related issues and see what's going on with Southern Trans Masculine Alliance, how y'all have grown in the community. Uh, give us the website and Instagram handles one more time before we go. So that Instagram is STA underscore NOLA and OLA. So STA underscore NOLA and the website is STANOLA.org. All right, Jimmy, Ben, Thank you all so much for being on today with me. Appreciate you you. very much. And uh, I'll catch you two on the flip side. Thanks to all the listeners for tuning in today on WHIV. This has been NOLA Matters. We'll see you again in a month. We're here every second Monday of the month here on 102.3 WHIV FM.